We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, Rob Doster here, and you are listening to a Field of 68 NBA Draft Prospect Profile. We're going to be rolling these out all month, leading up to a full first round live mock draft with the six NBA draft experts that we're going to be hosting one week before the actual draft itself takes place. While you're here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and a review, that stuff really does help us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on any of the platforms that you listen to the audio of this show. But listen, that's enough of that. That's enough of the promos. Let's get into today's prospect profile. Welcome back to another episode of the Field of 68's 2023 NBA Draft Prospect Profiles. My name is Rob Doster. I have Terrence Oglesby here with me today, and we are going to be breaking down Santa Clara star Brandon Pajimski, a six foot five, 205 pound sophomore that averaged 19.9 points, 8.8 boards, and 3.7 assists while shooting a ridiculous 48% from the floor, 44% from three, and 77% from the free throw line. He is projected as a guy that is going to go in the early to mid second round. There are some people that are talking about him as a potential first round pick. I just got to throw this out there to you. He is a shooter and he is a lefty, which means that that stroke looks oh so sweet. What do you make of the man that they call AirPods? Man, I, I look at AirPods or Brandon Pajemski as somebody who can really shoot the rock, one. Two, I, I look at him as somebody like a Dante DiVincenzo. Like, is he a great athlete? No, but he's a good enough athlete if he's smart about it to defend at the NBA level. He's got good size, 6'5", 205 pounds. He's a quality second uh, second ball handler that can be on your roster, that can come off of some zoom action, some dribble handoffs, some things like that, and make decisions uh, and to be honest with you, I was surprised with his playmaking, especially when he, whenever he was able to get into the lane and fan out to shooters or hit roll guys. He had some pretty good fours and fives that he was playing with at Santa Clara mm -hmm. that were really good finishers that are going to be some nice players at the European level. That all being said, he put them in good spots and he just has a good feel for the game. And when he's shooting 43.8% from three, you got to have something to Combat that, too, whenever teams come out at you. Good cutter away from the basketball. Not afraid to go back door and make decisions. And he's got this little weird push shot floater that finds ways to get in the hoop. He's a scorer first. But that all being said, the way the NBA game is played now, 
if they're running dribble handoffs and zooms and euros and some of these different actions on the sidelines, he's somebody that needs a little bit of help getting some space. But once he gets space, he is a quality decision maker and has the ability to score. I like Pajemski because of that ability to shoot the basketball, but underrated in terms of his ability to create and throw in the fact that dude can board. Mm-hmm. Dude can board. 6'5", 205, over almost nine rebounds a game, led the West Coast Conference in rebounding, co-player of the year in that league along with Drew Timmy. This is a guy that's under the radar but could end up sticking on an NBA roster because he shoots the basketball so well. He's he is such a good offensive player, such a high IQ offensive player that just kind of understands how uh, to take it, take advantage of angles, take advantage of getting people off balance. Like he's not, he's not going to blow anybody away with his athleticism, right? Like no, but probably, good leverage guy, good leverage yes. guy. You probably don't want to, you know, look at his vertical score when it comes to the NBA combine. You don't want to look at like his shuttle run, any of that stuff, but he knows how to, uh, how to get people off balance. He knows how to be able to kind of get that little space to be able to get that push up. Like he's really good when it comes to those runners in the lane and those floaters and hidden pull-ups off the dribble. Um, he is a much better passer than I realized. Like if you go through and you watch his assists on synergy, like he makes some really high level reads out of ball screens. I yeah. don't know how many of them he's going to be able to make when it comes to the NBA, but to me, he just looks like a guy that's going to stick because of his ability to score. My question, and I don't know if you have an opinion on this, is what will he be as kind of a help rotational defender? Because you're never going to put him on another team's best offensive weapon, right? Like, this is that's that's not who he is. The question is, can you avoid having him be a liability in rotation, a liability if he gets caught on a switch? Will he be good enough to be able to not be a net zero when it comes to the defensive end? Yeah, I think he he's going to have to be extremely smart about it, one. And he's really going to have to embrace like, hey, they're not going to put me on KD. They're going to put me on somebody else on the floor, but I'm going to have to be able to guard Landry Shamit, which who's coming off the bench and doing some of these things. Like he's going to have to be that rotational piece, understand scouting reports. He's really going to have to dive in those things. He's not going to win a gold medal at the Underwear Olympics to go along with what you said. Like, he's he's just not. Like, is he going to have a 40-inch vertical? <laughs> Did you just say the Underwear say, Olympics? Yeah, Underwear Olympics, where it comes to the combine and jumping and running and all that stuff. Like, they call it Underwear Olympics at football. They don't call that in basketball, but you get my drift. Like, Yeah, I do. But, like, he's, he's, he's not going to be this guy that just absolutely wows you. But at the same time, uh, NBA is a skill game at this point. And if you're 6'5", 205, you have those things to where – uh, you have the length, you have the strength, you have the ability. He's going to have to learn leverage. He's going to have to learn how to keep guys on his back in order to make decisions. And he's going to have to make them quicker at times. There are times this season he would get into the lane and he'd get stuck. And because he doesn't have this elite level athleticism to where he's going up and dunking on guys, sometimes he would have to settle for tough ones. Or sometimes he'd have to settle for a jump, jump stop and pitch back out, which is fine. That all being said, uh, he's going to have to learn some of these things more so in the half court. But when Santa Clara is off and running and they're playing with pace, which was much more like the NBA game is, uh, he was really, really good. And especially making decisions in some of these semi-break situations, I thought he was a guy that because he has a specialty uh, and because those other things are pretty good, and on top of that, he rebounds so well, he's a guy that could find – uh, a place he could find a home at the NBA level simply because he shoots the ball so well. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a weird comparison because they play different positions. But 
when you watch someone like a George Niang have success at the NBA level, right? He is a guy that is an elite offensive weapon, a high IQ player that managed to make himself good enough on the defensive end of the floor to be able to step in and, and play a role and um, and be an, uh, enough of an offensive weapon and not a liability defensively that he just found a spot, found a job, and kept himself in the NBA. for. He's been there for, what, eight years now? I don't know how many people thought he was going to be an eight-year pro when he came out of Iowa State. Um, it's a little bit different for for Pajimski because he's playing a different position. He's going to have to guard guards more than he is going to have to guard forwards, but it's that same kind of thing, right? Mm. Be good enough on the defensive end of the floor that you can kind of hold your own and then be a weapon offensively that spaces the floor and creates room for the stars to be able to go make something happen. Yeah, a bench option that that thrives when the ball moves. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a secondary guy. Like, and we talked about some a place like the Phoenix Suns that needs room for Book to operate, that needs room for uh, Kevin Durant to operate. Like, he, there's going to be times uh, where that's where his shooting provides value. Now, where he lands, again, that that's the biggest thing. Whenever you're talking about – I'm not sure where he's projected, but because he shoots the ball so well, I'd, I'd assume somewhere – in the late to mid-40s, just depending on which team falls in love with him. But teams need shooting. Teams need guys like him. And throw in the fact that he rebounds really well and does other things besides just shoot, it only adds to his value. Can he be that scouting report guru that the team needs him to be? I think that's his turning point. And quite frankly, like only played 70 minutes at Illinois. He was yeah. at Illinois prior to Well, Santa that's Fair. what I was going to ask you. Is he, he had all the success – in a league that does not have as many high-level athletes as the Big Ten does. When he played in the Big Ten, he averaged 1.4 points and could barely get off the bat. How about this? He had more points in his first game at Santa Clara than he did in an entire season at Illinois. Does that concern you that he couldn't find a way to make it work at Illinois? No, it it doesn't. It doesn't. He has a skill set. That's the big thing. Now, Hitting shots at the NBA level—that—that's the big differentiator. And to be honest with you, the Big Ten plays so slow; it's there's nothing that is the same as the NBA level. Like, you want to go somewhere that's not conducive to NBA play, go to the Big Ten. So, like now, he's playing in the West Coast Conference a little bit faster, a little bit more free flowing. Not a great conference, but at the same time, they've got a couple of teams that are pretty good. And I feel like because if that ball's moving, that's where he thrives. That's why he could be good, but he's got to be a scouting report maestro. Like he needs to know where he's closing out, how to close out, uh, all that stuff before the ball gets to his man is really, really important for his longevity. Yeah. The other comparison that I, I make in terms of if you want to kind of imagine what his game is like, think of a, an off brand like a D'Angelo Russell type, right? Lefty, kind of awkward. Not super explosive, knows how to create space. Yeah, but, but, but D'Angelo was a passing savant. Some of those reads that D'Angelo were making were just different. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's it, why I said off brand. He's yeah, he's Aldi D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> do you guys have Aldi's in South Carolina? We do have an Aldi. Yeah. Just moved in. Yeah. So there you go. Aldi D'Angelo Russell is uh is is AirPods. Listen. Great value. Great value at Aldi. Yeah, great value at Aldi. Listen, uh, I do think that he is a guy that uh will if he has some good shooting performances in some of these workouts, might catch a little buzz. Might be one of these names that you see like, oh, wow, he ended up going 29th. He ended up being the 30th pick because of that incredibly high 
uh, skill level. I do think there is value there, and I do think he's somebody that is going to be in an NBA game next season, which is pretty wild to think about coming out of the WCC. Two potential first-round picks in the WCC this year, T.O., neither of them played for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. This has been our breakdown of Santa Clara's Brandon Pajimski, for those of you that don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, make sure you check out all of our other draft prospect profiles in the description below, and make sure you tune in. We will be doing a live mock draft one week before the actual NBA draft itself happens. Ready to go for the rest of the day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com backslash field68. That's field68, F-I-E-L-D, the number six, the number eight, and you can get yours now. So check it out and help support this show. Thanks. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome back to another episode of the Field of 68 2023 NBA Draft Prospect Profiles. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me none other than the rifleman himself, Terrence Oglesby. We are going to be breaking down Max Lewis today, a six foot seven, 195 pound sophomore from Pepperdine. He averaged 17 points, five and a half rebounds, and just under three assists while shooting 47% from the floor. 35% from three and 79% from the free throw line. T.O., he is projected as one of these guys kind of in that late first, early second round. Uh, if he went to the, got the information from the NBA's 
um, the 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 advisor, the advisory committee, they probably give him that uh, typical 25 to 40 range um, in terms of where he is projected. He had a little bit of a swoon down the stretch, but he is a shooter. He's a guy that can get his own shot and he is a six foot seven athlete that is explosive. What do you make of Max Lewis as a player and as a prospect? You know, he's an interesting kid. He's one of these guys that left his high school, his senior year in high school early to go and train with Frank. What was it? Matriciano, mm-hmm. who are Marjan Bochamp and some of these other guys have gone to skip their year, try to get ready for the draft. And then out of nowhere, he goes to Pepperdine, elects to go to college. So this isn't a kid that comes uh, out of the high school scene out of the you know 300s in the middle of nowheresville this kid was a good player coming out of high school top 100 recruit a lot of athletic intangibles if you will 67195 with room to grow he looks a lot like from a body profile standpoint not so much a finished product but Jared Roden that played at Seton Hall a couple of years ago uh big strong capable of being big and strong big shoulders narrow hips and he's a long strider he's able to get to the rim off of one dribble And in football, they talk about these two stride guys, two strides or one stride, five yards. He's Mm -hmm. one of these guys that gets places fast and on a few dribbles because he is that type of athlete. And let's be honest, where he was playing at, they let him explore. Lorenzo Romar, former Washington coach, now back at Pepperdine for his second tenure there, set up a lot of plays for him to get busy, to get to work, to do some things uh, and be creative. And he really flourished in that role. What can he do right now at the NBA level? Well, he can shoot the basketball. He's going to be able to spot up in a corner. He's going to be able to run off some things and play in some transition situations. He's got a lot of talent. If I'm evaluating, Rob, I like him anywhere from 25 in the mid-20s, the back end of that first round, because I think if you put him in the right situation with the right veterans, this is a guy that could turn into a really good player down the road. Are you worried about the the kind of like the late season drop that he had in the in his last 13 games he averaged 13 points per game thought shot just 39 percent from the floor and just 22 percent from three is that just part of being a, the best player on a Pepperdine team that only won nine games is this what happens when you get in the league playing your scouting report gets out there is this just a product of let's be frank playing for a guy Lorenzo Romar that hasn't exactly had a ton of high level coaching success what do you make of that drop I, I think you know, best player on a bad team can be a little bit of it. But on the flip side of that, he, physically, he's not at his ceiling yet. And I think after a, a few years, if he really takes his nutrition seriously, if he really takes the weight room seriously, this is something that's not going to happen. Because going to that next level, that NBA level, he's never really going to be the best player on his team, but he can be one, a very good player, a third, fourth option to where that ball swings to him quickly, he can get a shot off, he can finish in transition. He's never going to be that primary ball handler. And to be honest with you, Rob, I, you look at some of his one-on-one moves, he does a lot of intriguing things, but he is he does have a narrow waist. Is he going to be able to hold off some of these guys and create? That's what we're worries me at the next level but uh if his physical profile improves i think so will his nba success so the name that immediately popped into my mind uh when watching him and when kind of profiling him as a guy you know six seven skinny really good shooter athlete trey murphy on the pelicans the kid that came in from virginia uh, didn't have a huge impact as a rookie, but this past season he averaged 14 and a half points and shot 40% from three while shooting more than six threes per game, starting 65 games. 
do you see him? Can he play that role? He's not quite as big and he's not quite as long or quite as explosive, but he is a guy that has the that that positional versatility and can knock down a corner throw. Like, can he have that kind of an impact that Trey Murphy had? That's a lot saying 14 and a half points a game at the back end of the first. I, I, I think that could be tough, but I, I do think that he could fall into, you know, a second unit guy that could be a spark plug and hit two or three on a given night. Uh, Trey Murphy, I think, is a really good player. And he's what Trey Murphy's two inches taller, his wingspan's mm-hmm. a little bit longer. Like Trey Murphy has a lot of tools. He's a he's a 12-year pro. Uh this guy could certainly carve out that type of role because of that positional size and versatility. Uh to be honest with you, I I like him more in the mold of a quick a guy who could come off the bench and give you some quick points, i.e potentially a Terrence Ross, but not the same level of athlete. Still a very good athlete, but maybe not Terrence Ross-esque. But uh, slender, can score in bunches, and can shoot over the top, then can fit some a lot of positions. Are you worried about him on the defensive end? Not really, because a lot of the things he shows offensively should translate. I mean, he's got loose hips. He's powerful in his lower body in terms of being able to cover ground. Could he... Have be lackadaisical at times on the defensive end, I'm sure. But at Pepperdine, when you only won nine games and you're relied on to score 17 points a game, sometimes that doesn't necessarily go to the forefront of your mind. He has all the intel, uh, the intangibles to be able to defend at the NBA level, uh, but guarding at the NBA level is a whole different deal as well. He's very much a guy where I think that the interview process will determine where he gets drafted, whether it's late first, early second, and who ends up picking him more than just what people see on film or maybe what they see when they when they get him into the combine, play some of that five-on-five, get some of the workouts, right? Because I think that he's a guy where he the role that he played at Pepperdine is going to be incredibly different from the role that he plays in the NBA, right? He's going to be more or less a three and D player when he gets to that next level where at Pepperdine, he was kind of a, you know, give him the rock, get out of his way, let him go get a shot kind of a player. And I just don't see him being good enough to do that at the NBA level. So can he accept a role? Can he buy into the job that he's supposed to be playing? Um, It just, it seems like he's going to be the guy, like will he fit on a roster as a piece as opposed to being the guy that you build around, if that makes sense. Yeah. The mental portion is huge, but then again, so much goes back to fit. And there's a lot of guys that are in that six, five to six, seven range that, that fit kind of in the same box. And the fact that he went to Pepperdine and was able to explore his game a little bit, I think is going to help him in the future. Now, how he's going to buy in uh, to whatever role, whatever NBA team has for him, that's TBD. That goes in the interview process, like you said. But if you compare him to somebody like a Colby Jones at, at Xavier, you compare him to somebody like a Julian Phillips at Tennessee, who we're going to talk about here in a little bit, like – he is a guy that he was given a lot of leash. He was given the ability to figure out what he's, what he can and can't do. But some of the things that he's shown because of that freedom, because of that confidence is going to translate his ability to attack a closeout, know where he's supposed to go, finish above the rim. Like some of these things are really intriguing. There's a lot to like about Max Lewis. uh, If he has it together and can fit into that role and so much of it, comes to fit and where you end up getting drafted an opportunity that that awaits you or doesn't await you when it comes to those mid-20s guys those things are huge but he certainly has some of those capabilities are you worried about the transition from a league like the wcc to the nba not necessarily because you can see a lot of different teams look at the miami heat for example Mm -hmm. they have several guys gabe vincent uh, i think he came from 
from from that league. If I San Jose State. So he came from San Jose State. So not quite the same, both in California, but you get my drift. They players, they're gonna find players. If you can play, they'll find you. Doesn't matter what league, he has all those capabilities. And and let's keep in mind too, like I said at the beginning he's a guy who's had these tools for a long time. He was a former top 100 player. Now he's been able to explore, been able to push his boundaries and shown that he can score at a high level to go along with a lot of these things that NBA scouts like positional size, ability to shoot it, long strider, ability to tack a closeout and pretty good feel to be honest with you. Not somebody that's going to create a bunch of plays, but can make that first level read. Uh, there's a lot to like here. How he adjusts to this level is going to be huge. But at the same time, uh, if I'm picking in those mid twenties, and I need somebody to come in and knock down some shots on occasion, or I can wait for a year or two before something, before I really need him to step up into his role. Uh, this would be a good value pick late in the first round. I, I like him on a lot of these playoff teams, right? I like him as a, a guy that can help create space. For example, with the Suns, right? They need guys that can be floor spacers. They need guys that are going to be able to give uh, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker room to operate. I like him on the Warriors as another guy that can just kind of come in there and create a little bit of space outside of Clay and Steph. They roll out a lot of lineups where there aren't guys that are making shots, especially sure. when Jordan Poole shooting, what, 28% in the playoffs, whatever it is. So um, I think he fits really well, assuming he buys into a role with a lot of these playoff teams. And, you know, if you're picking in the late 20s, you're a pretty damn good basketball team. That's right. And, and Leadership is so important, too. For somebody who's drifted all over the place, who's been the best player on his team for the better part of two years, uh, leadership, who he's placed with, how he can learn. Uh, it, the NBA is a different bag. It, it's tough. And, and guys sometimes fall into the wrong hands and as a result are never really able to fully develop like they're capable of if there's not that leadership in place. Last thing I got for you. Do you see upside with him as a player? Do you see... Uh, the the potential that he could end up being a me I don't know if maybe all stars too strong but kind of like a high level starter for a playoff team or is he just a guy that you're picking to kind of play a role I think I think it's possible that he could be uh, an NBA starter at some point in his career it's just is that what you're getting at 25 to 35 throughout recent history that answer is no you're getting a lot of quality pieces. Uh, if you pick right, but I think this is a guy who could start on occasion. He is right in that. If he plays well, he's in that four, five, six, seven range, depending on what team he's in. Uh, especially if he goes somewhere like a Thunder, that's a lot of young players and things like that, where he could fit in, play right away, use his athletic ability and ability and multi-positional skill to just continue to move the ball. I, I think it's the NBA is such a fit league. That's the hard part about this. It, so much relies on fit, and so many players are in that same height and weight category that what's going to differentiate him, can he shoot the NBA three ball consistently? Uh, I think he has that ability, uh, but getting there and doing it's a completely separate thing, but a lot of those tools are there. It's hard to believe that we are talking about a guy that could be a first-round pick from a team that won nine games in the WCC. As you said it, T.O., if you can play, the NBA will find you, and they have found Max Lewis. I hope you enjoyed this breakdown of his game. For more of these, you can check the description below. They will all be linked down there, and make sure you check out our NBA live mock draft, which will be happening one week before the NBA draft.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.